And welcome to another exciting episode of Battle of the Atom. This is your weekly X-Men podcast where we rank every story from A to Z. I'm Adam. And I'm Zach. And wow, guys, what what an age. What an age we are living in. <laughs> I feel like I feel like I've actually opened every episode for like the past five or six with some variation of that on accident. <laughs> well, there's a lot of ages to speak of, you know what I mean? And uh we Yeah, we there's have, like five. Uh, Seven, thirteen. Uh-huh. There, there's, there's many, numerous there, ages. There's many 28. ages, different variations on the ages, uh, and I, maybe that's why. Remember when we rescued the universe a little while ago? I, I seem to recall that happening. Yeah, like that part of my face feels a little itchy today. Like, uh, oh, maybe, maybe that's an indication of where we're going. Do you have some residual face tattoo? energy <laughs> maybe maybe uh because we're returning to the age of apocalypse today we are in this is an exciting episode for me because i like the age of apocalypse and if you don't like it you can leave I mean, oh like, it's, man does that no, mean i have no, to leave no, no one you no, you're legally obligated to stay <laughs> two they don't have to leave but they are choosing to engage with us this first story was requested by kelly tweeton on patreon.com and what kelly did is she went on over to patreon.com slash xavier files just dug deep into her bank account and said look when i die i want to leave it all to them and they said that's they aren't even an incorporated group technically for for tax reasons that's they really should have some sort of entity and she said that's fine can we do anything and then the bank said yes you can go over to patreon.com slash xavier files and for as little as two dollars a month They'll just talk about whatever story you want, and then everyone's happy. That's a much better scenario. I like that. I don't think we need to be gifted your your uh, your inheritances or anything, folks. Unless you want to. Unless you have a comic book collection that you're, you're you know you you just want to send just for fun. We don't we don't want you to to like nothing. We don't want anything bad to happen to you. I you know. But let's say you get like a really bad splinter, and you're like ah. This hurts so much. I can never flip pages on my comic book collection anymore. And you're like, what should I do with it? And just send it to us. We'll be happy. <laughs> I feel like we've lost the thread here. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk about an age where everybody has a splinter somewhere. Uh, the, the truly maniacal future known as the Age of Apocalypse. Right. And this first story we're going to talk about that Kelly has graciously asked us to talk about and thank you kelly again i don't know if we mentioned that uh is generation next this is a four issue series written by professional comic book writer scott lobdell with career making art by chris pachalo oh my god zach can i tell you how excited i am to talk about this book yeah so excited i have my gold hollow foil ultimate edition in my hands right now where i can't 
really tell what's going on in the cover unless I hold it in a certain light. And then yeah, only sometimes. Uh, oh, but I look, still love it. The, the treatment's bad on that one. Y'all <sighs> know they did all the Age of Apocalypse trades in like foil covers. It's great. It's, it's so great. It's, it's so great. Worst. Can I tell you why it's great? It's because why? it reminds me of a time when I could walk through a mall in America, not the mall of America, but any mall in America and still run into a comic book store. And I remember distinctly being drawn from across the hall from some furniture store over to this comic book store and saw this cover in a spinner rack and was like, Ooh, what is this shiny object? And little did I know that I was picking up one of my favorite comic books of all time. We're going to get to that in just a second. All I want to say <laughs> is that as someone who until two weeks ago uh, had his comic book shop in a mall, uh, you're, you're, you're wearing some rosy tinted glasses. <sighs> yeah. Well, what can I say? I grew up in a time with like nine local comic book shops uh, during the nineties boom. And uh, let me say that's not the case anymore. <laughs> Adam's oh, driving. Adam's driving some miles for those, uh, those comics. I'm on that um, comicsology, baby. Ooh. You're, yeah. I can't, I don't know. I gotta, gotta get the, gotta get the real thing. Um, anyway, let's talk about this book because this is, Lovedell and uh, Bachalo, Bachalo coming right off of the first couple issues of uh, Generation X, their mm -hmm. amazing debut with the new team, and immediately thrust into an alternate universe, and it could not be better. What's interesting about this is they had four issues of Generation X under their belt at the time. Mm. Four yep. issues. And what they are able to do in terms of drawing a parallel to what those issues were like and what the team was like there and what they have to deal with in the hellscape that is the Age of Apocalypse where Kitty Pride and Colossus are their teachers instead of Banshee and Emma. Mm -hmm. And uh, Kitty Pride and Colossus are mean. They're very mean. <laughs> very mean. Very mean. So mean that uh, the Danger Room practice is basically just a, a, a chance for them to kill each other, I guess. Yeah. Uh, it's a no-holds-barred Danger Room session. Everyone could die, including Chamber, who's on this team. Husk, who's on this team. Chamber, who has his face. Yes. Chamber has his face. Uh, his his uh, fun stuff comes out of his chest. Yeah. Yeah, we don't call it fun stuff, but yes. Uh, <laughs> his, his, there. his light up uh, button. What do we call it? The it's sun it's, in his chest? It's, <laughs> yes, it's the power of the sun in the palm of his chest. Mm. Okay, see, I'm sorry, Husk you were saying. There, skin is there. Mondo, who had Mondo even, had he, he had been like. Cameo. Quick cameo. Cameoed, and I know he was in like the pre-press stuff. Like mm -hmm. they, this is what Generation X is going to be. Yeah. He was in some of that, but this is the first real, like, oh, this is what Mondo's going to be? <laughs> Mondo, who's going to be appearing in a comic book this November. Wild stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And uh, Vicente, who is, we have never seen him before, and we only see him, like, once after this in the real world. Yeah, he's kind of a gaseous dude. 
Yeah, but not like in the he's had too many of the baked beans kind of way, <laughs> more in the, you know, like form of matter kind of way. Yes. Yes, he did not uh, go to KFC and get the uh, limited edition Cheeto sandwich. He, um, he's that's a food crime. Ew! Why are we talking about that? <laughs> that's that's the I'm kind. Of, that's the kind of food that you would have to eat in the Age of Apocalypse because it's all that was there. Absolutely, um, but you make a great point in that, like, this is still recognizable as Generation X, but it's you know we've only had a limited time with them, and. Uh, this is great. The whole the whole setup of this is that because Magneto uh, has had a glimpse of the 616 through Bishop, um, he sends this team basically on a suicide mission um, to the core, which is Portland. This team of children, by the way. Let's yes. remember, they are at oldest 17. Right. They're all kids, and they are going to go and rescue uh, the only person who they think could possibly sort of time shift them out of this thing and that is iliana um who colossus believed was dead she is being held captive in this energy plant by uh your favorite villain or it's one of the sugar man it's the sugar man he's very evil oh he sure is he's just um, so evil in this one. Oh yeah he's scary um, guys you know what the sugar man looks like right he's he's a he's a puffed pastry with spiny teeth and a weird tongue and like five arms where he holds a hammer in one of them for no reason and he definitely has like a mom tattoo like a heart biker generic one <laughs> it's very good sugar man he wears overalls he's a he's a plant manager <laughs> that's his job yeah. sugar man the the nuclear plant manager yeah and his uh his first in command who's like kind of like slash from guns and roses in uh yes a, 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 what is his name a quietus right yeah quietus yeah quietus um, great design like it's he's a cartoon oh yeah he, he's this big lumbering guy with exactly slash hair and what a uh what a cartoonist would draw slash's nose like mm-hmm mm-hmm uh all he's missing is the, the theatrical top hat, and uh, we, we'd be right there. He um, smokes a lot of cigars, too. That's just him. <laughs> he sure does. I mean, the art here, I, I can't stress enough. I, You know, my I've said this before on the show, but my criticism of Age of Apocalypse is always that I believe that the concept is better than the execution, in that the creative teams, the writing is usually pretty strong, but the art is all over the place. And... This is by far the standout book of Age of Apocalypse, um, because what what Pachalo is doing here is channeling all of the art styles from like his entire career. He gets to be a little more vertigo here than yes. he was in the first couple issues. Like he's taking things that he was doing in Shade the Changing Man or even some of his uh, stuff with Death, um, and he's funneling it into this alternate reality and it's so well crafted it's fantastic it is so detailed mm -hmm. and so beautiful yes i love it you got some great redesigns so colossus which is one of my favorite redesigns in all of age of apocalypse mm -hmm. uh he looks like a metal version of Raphael from the ninja turtles but in a good way <laughs> yeah he's rocking his head bandana um you know, Kitty's got Wolverine claws. All did you the... know? Did you know that uh, when I talked to Chris earlier this year at Gem City Comic Con, mm -hmm. 
uh, he told me that because we talked about this issue or this series because I love it and he loves it. Uh, he talked about how, yeah, uh, they didn't let me use my original designs for Generation X when it was a series because they wanted them to be more colorful. So then like four issues in, they said, oh, by the way, you're going to an alternate universe. And I said, can I can I just use those designs? I really want to draw them. <laughs> so that's what this is? That's for the most part. You know, Chamber always had the face of course, fire yeah. thing. But, you know, the general outfit and style of these designs all came from his original pitch. I believe it. I believe it. I mean, this thing screams his art style. I think it is quintessential. It's uh, 1995 goth is all get out, and I love it. Yeah. And let's talk a little bit about the emotional resonance of this book, because um, this thing packs a wallop. Uh, it does not have an, a, a particularly happy ending, even though they are successful in getting Ileana out. And I got to say, like, this has remained one of the most soul-crushing endings to any story I think I've ever read in my entire life. Yeah. uh, Spoilers uh, for anyone who has yet to read this series. And I legitimately encourage you, if you haven't read this yet, like, stop. We're going to we're going to spoil the rest of Age of Apocalypse for all of eternity, but maybe just pause it right here. Go read these four good issues and come back. It's going to rank high in case you're curious, but we're not there yet. Yeah. Okay, they're all gone? I think so. Everyone dies. Just Colossus and Kitty Pride get out with Eliana and all of the students quickly die off except for Husk who is sitting there fighting her way out of this, like, hellscape of mutant enforcers and all this stuff, drawn in this, like, literally hellish demonic style that Bachelot is channeling. And you see Colossus watch the doors shut on her. And there's a moment where he could choose to go in and be a hero and save her. And he doesn't. And it hits so hard. Well, the other component to this is that there's this masterful use of Ileana's first-person narration over top of this, talking about the Colossus that we know in the 616, who is selfless, who is such a hero and is so heroic that he wouldn't let any harm befall his students. Um, That's not this Colossus. This Colossus is willing to let his students die for the greater cause. And I don't know that I've ever read the ending of this, that he had the opportunity to get in there. I've always read it as he, he gives up in the process. Like right. it's too much for him. Well, and I, I, I think those are two sides of the same coin. Yes. It's because the hero Colossus would have said, this door is closing. I'm going to rip it open with my arms. And the right. broken age of apocalypse Colossus says, no yep i'm gonna kneel down and i'm just gonna break down because i can't handle this anymore and the look that husk gives him as that happens is just that single page and the ending where they're sitting around the campfire it and it the narration continues in iliana talking about sort of how there's a you know even though 
we got out, like it feels like something came out with us. And the ending is that Sugar Man has made it out. Yeah, he's going to um, escape into the 616 by jumping into X-Man's boots later. <laughs> which is also very good. He can shrink down into a little a little Sugar Man, by the way. Yes. It happens earlier in the issue, too. So you're like, how do you do that? Or it's earlier in the series, too. Yeah. It's, um, yeah. But man, it just ends on such a dark note. And it's like nothing else, I think. Maybe even in X-Men. Maybe even in... I, I, you know, like there are very few comic book and literary moments that I can think of that hit as hard and as specifically as the end of this. It's I would I would say it's probably the darkest X Men gets like yeah. that specific moment mm-hmm. and dark and gritty are words in comics and larger media that are often used to deride something and often appropriately. But they are just tools like anything else. And if used well, if used like this, if used as a very specific, you know, parallel to, you know, the 616, the universe that we're all used to, if used so sparringly, if used just to say, you know, as a huge exclamation point on a story, it can work incredibly well. And Mm -hmm. the promise of the Age of Apocalypse was never fulfilled as good as it is in Generation Next. I agree 100%. However, just by itself, it is this amazing, amazing piece. Yeah, Um, it stands alone. It's so good. It works really well. And Mm. it's a good, good story. There's moments in here that I love that we completely skipped over just because of time. Like, Husk has a whole arc where you, where... She's dealing with, you know, the fact that she's, you know, thinking that she's going to die, which makes the moment where you think she's going to get rescued, where everything looks bad for her. And then the heroes come in and it looks like it's going to win. Mm -hmm. It makes that fall so much harder because in any other story, they'd be breaking the heroes down to build them up at the end. And this one says, no, we're going to take those chances with this story. That's right. That's right. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say, I think this is top 10. Well, let's let's talk about this. Let's yeah. talk about this. Let's talk about the list itself, right? We've we we got to introduce the list. Yeah. The number one story on our list is Dark Phoenix Saga. Uh, and we have 258 stories ranked from best to worst X-Men story of all time. The bottom story is the Draco. Oof. That's a rough one. It is. We've only talked about... Age of Apocalypse as a, you know, original 1994-1995 series once. Yep. And that's with Gambit and the Externals at number 91 a couple of years ago. <laughs> that's true. We did that pretty early, too. And that was a fun one, but it, it speaks to sort of the art inconsistencies, uh, inconsistencies and, uh, you know, what they do with the characters in that one I don't think is as original as what is happening here. Well, here's what I'm going to say. Let's go through the top 15. Okay. Yep. Because I want our audience to know what we're putting this up against. Yeah. The Proteus Saga mm-hmm. at 15. Uncanny X-Men number 19, The Passion of Scott Summers. Supernovas. New Mutant Slumber Party. That one X-Men story where they all go to the bar in Colossus and Juggernaut fight. Mm-hmm. Uncanny X-Force, The Dark Angel Saga. 
Messiah Complex, Worst X-Men Ever, Ride at Xavier's, Wolverine 1 through 4, As Guardian Wars, God Loves Man Kills, Astonishing X-Men 1 through 6, and Days of Future Past. So, whew, that's a, a lot of really good stories. That's a lot of really good stories. I am so curious to hear where you want to put this, Zach, because I know you love this book. Um, I you know that I love this book. I think it's definitely, definitively, for sure, better than number 12, Slumber Party, the new Mika yep. story. Yep. I, th- I know that it's not as good as Riot at Xavier's, which is at number seven. I... I'm kind of with you here. I think that we're sort of in the bottom half of the top 10. Oh, no, Um, it's not the top five best X-Men stories of all time. Guys, this is a good story. Yeah, but I do think that it has some real merit, and I personally would put it ahead of number 10, Dark Angel, number 9, Messiah Complex, and number 8, Worst X-Men. This may be the fact that I've just read it more recently. But I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say this can be, not can be, this is our new number eight. Yeah. Generation Next. Ah, oh, I've been waiting so long to do that story on this show. And I am so glad that we got the opportunity to, because it's great. So I love uh, that story so thank much. Thank you for that request. That was awesome. I love that story so much. I hope you guys actually have read this story. <laughs> I'm sure they have. And if you haven't, make sure you do, because it's awesome. So we're going to stay in the Age of Apocalypse. Yes. And I'm going to tell you something. <laughs> Please, share. It gets worse. Um, um. Hey, so um, I-, I got a question for you, Zach. Uh, this yeah. next series is written by this up-and-coming writer who I haven't heard of. Um, Akira Yoshida. It's CB Sabalski, guys. <sighs> if you don't know, CB Sabalski, current editor in chief at Marvel, used the pen name Akira Yoshida in the mid two thousands to write stories to get around the Marvel corporate policy of editors writing books. There's a lot of uh, conjecture on what may have happened in this situation. There's a lot of things that aren't facts. And none of it is a good look. Nope. Uh, nope. It's but not. Es- essentially, we're going to refer to this as CB Sabalski from here on out. Just, just cause, like, let's not pretend just because that's the name on the book. And then, additionally, additionally, we're just going to say the facts that we already know and move on. <laughs> It's a bad sitch. It is. It is a we, bad sitch. We talked about it literally the day the news broke. So go back and listen to that episode. It's episode, like, it's before number 20. That is Go true. find it. Go find it. Can I tell you what I am excited about here? What are you excited about here? Chris Pachalo doing art on six straight issues of an Age of Apocalypse 10th anniversary miniseries with a connecting six-part cover uh it's so cool and i I actually got these in floppies uh when i was long box digging so i could just lay them out and it's like a little poster it's so cool (laughs) it's pretty great i actually got these in floppies while long box uh, did you recently too yeah i got them at gem city when i met chris hey when i when i I see the uh stuff out there i i can't i gotta pick it up 
Yeah, no, I don't blame you. Uh, so Marvel went all out for the 10th anniversary of Age of Apocalypse. Mm-hmm. Which would be like Marvel going all out for Messiah War nowadays? <laughs> second coming? Like, if there was a big second coming event now, that would be wild, right? Yeah, yeah. It Well, look, Age of Apocalypse was a game changer. You know, it, it was a big statement in terms of publishing to say, we're going to stop the regular books. We're going to go completely, you know, in a different direction for several months. Um, that being okay. said. Do you know how all out they went? Because it's not just this series. This hmm. series is a minor thing that they did. Do you know how right. all out they went? Well, there was a there was also a one shot, right? Uh, you need to dream a little bit bigger, darling. There was a video game. There was a video game? For what system? And it's the um, <laughs> PC, GameCube, oh. PS2, Xbox, I think Game Boy Advance, definitely PSP, and definitely the Nokia N-Gage. I can't believe there was a PS2 Age of Apocalypse game and I didn't own it. That's really yeah, weird. Yeah, it's called X-Men Legends 2 Rise of Apocalypse, celebrating the 10th anniversary of the Age of Apocalypse, and it rules, and I've spent a lot of time playing it. Oh, that's real weird. I definitely played the first one of those, but I don't think I played yeah, the second this one. This takes all the bad stuff from the first one, like pretending to be magma for a while. Mm. It says, forget that. Y'all just want to punch people in Genosha? <laughs> Uh, yeah, that sounds it's great. fun. Uh, yeah, you can uh, you can on the PSP version unlock Nate Gray. Oh yes, I'm ashamed to say Nate Gray was on my team because his stats were very good. Well, I mean, he is very powerful. He, um, he's the worst. I hate him so much. So let's talk about the plot of this because um, this does seem to be a happier time in the Age of Apocalypse. Doesn't seem to be as apocalypsey. Yeah, you remember how the Age of Apocalypse ended with nukes coming down and destroying all of North America? Yep, everybody died. This posits, what if not? Hmm. Yes, and at the beginning of this, we are assuming that it was somehow miraculously Magneto that saved the day, and uh, his team of X-Men are peacekeeping, you know, and just making sure that everything gets rebuilt and everything's yay! Until the past comes back to haunt him. Oh, yes. And I that, I gotta say, if there was going to be anybody that was going to pop up in the middle of this book to make me excited, a little more excited about it, it would be uh, Chris Pachala's version of Age of Apocalypse Sinister. That's also good. That's not who I was expecting. Did you know about the twist in this story before you read it? Um, About the Jean Grey thing? No, did you know about Age of Apocalypse Zorn? No, no. Mm -mm. Okay, you remember all those nice things we just got done saying about uh, about uh, Generation Next and how it's such a downer ending? Yep. Age of Apocalypse Zorn is actually Husk getting revenge on the X-Men because she's mad at them for letting her die. Which is... I love the audacity of a year after the whole Zorn retcon crap happened in... Uh, Grant Morrison's new X-Men. They do Age of Apocalypse Zorn, who's also doing a petty revenge thing. It's but I clever. hate that it like, ruins the, the idea ending. here is that before before we get into like the sinister stuff, we we get this the team of Guthries who are here to like defeat the X-Men. 
And, you know, the idea is that in the X-Men, there is a Zorn <laughs> and that Zorn does turn out to be Husk, um, who's not happy about the way the generation next went down. And it even does a callback to the artwork from generation next. So mm -hmm. for generation next fans, there's definitely stuff to check out here. Yeah, I, I don't know if it lands. Um, it doesn't. It yeah. lands terribly. It lands just the worst. Yeah. There's another framing device sort of of this whole series that's bookended mainly by a relationship by... Uh, the, there's a version of X-23 here um, who is the daughter of Mariko and Logan named Kirika. Um, Kirika has wolvy claws. Kirika is uh, Wolverine's daughter and is out to find Weapon X and bring him back to the X-Men for whatever so he could be a character in this series. Yes. Uh, and it's weird. Again, this is right after X-23 was introduced in the comics. Right. Um, so they don't know what to do with her yet. <laughs> no, and I, I gotta say, you know, just reading this with the Sobolski-Yoshida stuff in mind, seeing him write a character that later we know is not Japanese as Japanese and speaking Japanese, it's a little <laughs> strange. Um, CV, CV. Noted, noted weeb, C.B. Sobolski, does introduce three new characters to the Age of Apocalypse X-Men, and they're all Japanese. There's yes. Age of Apocalypse Psylocke, who was never in the original series for no weird reason. Mm -hmm. uh, Silver Samurai, who does get a good design. Like, uh, Bachala does a good good work with him. Gives like him kind of a giant soul sword sword. <laughs> he does have this, the Ileana Rasputin soul sword sword. Uh but it's used his tachyon powers or whatever. And then he also has his normal, like, horns that go on his samurai helmet is just a face tattoo. Which is <laughs> right. very Age of Apocalypse goodness. <laughs> yeah, there's some there's some fun designs here. Um, oh, and and speaking of uh, classic Vichalo designs, uh, Dazzler is dressed like White Queen uh, with the, the, you know, the gap down the center of her of her chest. You mean you mean his uh his design for Lady Mastermind? Yeah, the design he uses for everybody. Yeah, he's his I don't know what this female character should wear, so we're gonna go with this design. Chris, <laughs> I love you. You got some quirks. He does like that one. Um th there's some other fun things in here. Sinister has his own band of uh villains called the Sinister Six, which I thought was pretty darn clever. Uh you know, in a better book, I would have loved it. In this one I rolled my eyes. Yeah, it doesn't <sighs> It should land as a much better joke. Um, it, if, it, if if this was a more humorous series or a follow-up to a more humorous series, mm -hmm. it would totally work. Like, you could still use that joke. Right. Uh, but because this is Age of Apocalypse and has generally been about the leader of the mutant world deceiving all of the humans who mutants oppressed for generations, uh, it's not not the place for puns normally. <laughs> yeah it it made me just think like gosh i wish i had thought of that that would be a good good joke um but yeah i mean the series as a whole rests upon this idea that magneto tricked america and that it was really jean gray who is i guess sinister thinks that she's like the original mutant what does he call her weapon the alpha mutant or yeah something? the alpha mutant um, which I, I don't think that really makes a lot of sense. Not if it makes sense. No, they fight. Jean Grey becomes a good guy at the end and like everybody's happy, happily ever after. Um, 
it's it's okay right i mean the art is fun art's good art's good i like the art art's good Um, story is just kind of there story's there it's wild wild we're gonna have to get to some cb as akira yashida stuff later in this podcast where he just goes even farther Mm. oh and it's gonna be weird this one's inessential it's inessential and boring yeah, I mean, I picked it up because of the artwork and the story was just a thing. You know what I mean? It it it, it doesn't seem particularly necessary. I don't think that it advances Age of Apocalypse in a particularly interesting way. Right. You know? Like if they, if they want to do a story about the you know, what comes after the Age of Apocalypse like this, they picked a boring way to do it because it says, oh, by the way, all of the governments and all of the world and all of society just kind of rebuilt. And yeah, we're all good now. That That's a very strange aspect of this is that, like, we're rebuilding the Statue of Liberty and we're having a press conference with the president. And it's like, wait a minute, society just decided to kind of, like, get back together in a couple of years? Like, it brings, I, up, it brings them back to this X-Men status quo, but with Age of Apocalypse designs. That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah, but it's odd. Like, they really should be living in, like, the rubble of the world, and <laughs> they're not. But, okay. Where where do you put this on the list, Zach? I think it's comparable to number 193, which is Children of the Atom, mm. uh, which are those two issues, one of which by Bachelot, that uh, has Cerebro's X-Men. Yes. From that time Cerebro was evil. Yeah, I think that you're looking on a good place on the list, um, I don't know that, th- I don't know. Is this even as good as that though? Like I'm looking at some I, of the stuff below it. I think it's worse than that. Yeah. Cause like Girls School from Heck is on here and I don't really love Girls School from Heck. I think Girls School from Heck might be better than this. Yeah, I think so too. Um, and that's at 199 at 204 is Deadly Genesis. And I do think this is better than Deadly Genesis. I, I think it's better than that. At 203, we have uh, Extreme X-Men Expose. I think this is better than that. I like this better than Murder Grandpas. And I think this has uh, a little more personality than Monet Vampire Slayer, well, which is well, at 201. Number 200. At number 200, we have District X. Mm-hmm. I kind of like District X better. I think That's so, too. That's a weird sentence to say. <laughs> I, I know. and uh, but, they, but they're equally as, uh, you know... There's a there's a flat quality to them. Like, why is this a thing? Um, but right. I enjoyed that more. Yeah. Okay. So this is going to be our new number two hundred one, Age of Apocalypse two thousand five. Two thousand and five. Thank you, CB and Chris. And uh, we're not done with our Age of Apocalypse uh, here. We have one more revisit to this universe that stemmed out of Uncanny X Force. Yeah, it actually stems out of the Dark Angel saga. Uh, you remember yeah. how in the Dark Angel saga, they went to the Age of Apocalypse and then recruited all the Age of Apocalypse X-Men to help them take down Warren, who had turned into Apocalypse? I, I sure do. Um, I also... And then a lot of those died. Yeah. A lot of those guys died. Yeah, and I, I recall that that really had nothing to do with whatever we just read. It didn't, because what we learn in that story is that the Age of Apocalypse got bad again because the, the Celestials, you know, the space gods, yes. they looked down and said... Well, Dag, come on, guys. Uh, you're not evolving right. We want mutants now. Mutants are our thing. So they they appeared to Weapon X. And they said, Weapon X, 
uh, please exterminate the planet and all humans, or else we're going to blow up the planet. Ursharam the judge is going to walk over to you guys, give you a thumbs down, and it's going to be boom. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, uh, so he becomes Apocalypse and evil, and that's where our story begins. It starts with uh, Uncanny X-Force 19.1, which is a bad numbering scheme. And then continues in Age of Apocalypse, one through four, the exterminated. Yeah, and that turns into a fourteen-issue series. It does. It's an interesting series, not necessarily good, but interesting. Because well, the premise around this is well, why don't why don't you give a quick intro as to how this gets started with the Uncanny X Force issue? Because the premise that extends into the one to fourteen is a is an interesting one. It is. So this was, uh, so 19.1 is written by Rick Remender, who was writing Uncanny X-Force, uh, with art by Billy Tan. And Billy Tan's not one of my favorites. Honestly, Rick Remender's not one of my favorites either. I just like his X-Force, and that's about it. But, uh, what he does is, you know, we have established that Weapon X is evil. And there's a plan that Jean Grey, who was leading the team pretty much at this time, and Sabretooth team up with William Stryker, uh, <laughs> who is Prophet and my favorite character. Yeah, the the uh, hooded, masked Prophet. Not to be confused with Rob Liefeld's creation at Image. No, no. Uh, this is Prophet. Uh, he's just, he's Batman? Uh, he's mutant-hating Batman, and I love him. <laughs> it's definitely uh, the best William Stryker re-creation uh, that we've seen and talked about. There have been so some much. very bad ones. Oh, there have been. You know he made a deal with the devil recently? In and what became series? a Satanist? In Weapon X. Oh, I didn't read that. I should I guess he, I should read that. Should I read it's that? It's on it's on that app. Okay. It's weird. Yeah. Is anyway. It as, is it as weird as a Scarlet Witch bomb? <laughs> yeah, because that's what happens. They try and take away all of mutants powers by no more mutancy with scarlet witch who in age of apocalypse canon uh was on the x-men and then died in or went comatose in a fight with wolverine no not that one uh and anyway they go and she no more mutants them uh so but only <laughs> localized so Jean gray and Sabretooth don't have their powers but all the other mutants do and then wolverine blows up a city well weapon x it's very important in the Age of Apocalypse that he is Weapon X. Yes, yes, because he's the big bad here, and he has, at the beginning of the Age of Apocalypse series, has basically wiped out, like, 15,000 human beings. The and, last human resistance. Yes, and has, um, you know, kind of taken Sabretooth and Jean Grey off the board. So what this series is about is not a team of X-Men, but a team of humans. <laughs> which is kind of an interesting concept they're the human resistance and this really gets kicked off in that 14 issue series which we're only talking about the first four uh written by david latham mm -hmm. who's best known for stray bullets which is a series i own like 70 issues of digitally and have not read i hear it's very good i've never read stray bullets i feel bad it's obviously considered a classic need to check it out at some point i i got them i got so many of them i could try uh, and I should because I like this series uh, that he does uh, with Roberto De La Torre on art. Uh, it's got a team of the exterminated who are uh, William Stryker, Donald Pierce, who goes by the name Goodnight. Yeah, he's kind of rocking like, you know, a, 
a robin mask he's, he's got like a white domino mask yeah and he's infiltrating the hellfire club as a double agent which is great <laughs> yeah you got fiend who is francesca trask who is boulevard trask's daughter also boulevard trask you know the guy who made sentinels mm-hmm. he's around yep uh there's horror show who is great in creed who is just Sabretooth, but Sabretooth's kid. Uh, and then Deadeye, which is Zora Reisman, which is a weird deep cut of the sister of a villain from the Craig Kyle Chris Yost X-Force. Sure. I mean, it is. I mean, yeah. She's Matthew Reisman's brother. She says it explicitly. Yeah. What's cool about this, though, is it's a human version of an X, an uncanny X-Force like murder squad, basically. Um, And they get to square off against Age of Apocalypse Cyclops, who is somehow reborn. Um, They get to, you know, infiltrate Dark Beast and Sugar Man, who are trying to bring back all of the Age of Apocalypse villains that were uh, working for Apocalypse. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it's a it's a cool conceit. I like that because it's the Age of Apocalypse, they're able to say, okay, look, the humans would want to be the superheroes here. They'd want to fight back. They're playing the role of the X-Men in this world. So seeing them be like, survive at any cost, win, and fight characters who tend to be heroes in our world, it's super interesting because Latham knows how to write a crime comic. He knows how to write these conflicted you know, not even morally gray. These bad characters that you want to root for. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say what what doesn't work here is that there's an ongoing narration from a journalist who has somehow come from the 616 into the Age of Apocalypse. Um, yeah, we're talking about Harper Simmons. Yeah, and I don't really understand why that's necessary. Like, it, it doesn't... It's not. It doesn't add much to the storytelling. Um, this could be a more straightforward, just, you know, observation of what's happening without his narration. It doesn't really add anything to what's going on in the story. Um, so that's a little bit weird. The adventure itself of this team going after uh, going after Weapon X's cronies, basically, and trying to blow up uh this lab it's kind of fun i think it's cool yeah i enjoyed this story a lot like i own all of these in trades Mm -hmm. they're weird they are probably more interesting in concept than they are in execution all the time and you could definitely tell at certain points they ran out of time to tell the big story they wanted to tell so they at the end they rushed through several developments uh but it it's a fun, satisfying story that does something different. Yeah. And I like it. It's, yeah, I would agree with that. It's enjoyable to read. We're, we do get these, like, interesting reveals. Like, they reborn. They, um, I don't know how to say this. They, they uh, resurrect. Re, they resurrect. They, they reincarnate uh, M-Plate at a certain point. Um, they introduce an Age of Apocalypse uh, Hulk, who is known as The Thing. Um, well, no. Here's the thing about The Thing. The Thing is from the original Age of Apocalypse. Oh, is he? I'm sorry. X-Men where, Chronicles. Where he appear? X-Men Chronicles, which was what... Oh, okay. Uh, or either... No, it was X-Men Universe, which is what... Uh, shoot, what's it called? Uh, what was the What was the quarterly book? X-Men Unlimited. Yes. Yeah, it's what X-Men Unlimited became during Age of Apocalypse. Everyone forgets that book became an 
Age of Apocalypse book two. No, this is consistent. That's good. There's a really cool um, alternative uh, version of Daredevil here, which I like a lot. So there, there's some clever things happening here. Yeah, there's there's a lot to like. There yeah, really I, is. And I, I got to say, like, the, the, the story is supposed to be this sort of grisly, violent one. And I think the artwork um, that Roberto De La Torre brings to this is pretty cool. Like, it matches the, the visceral quality of what's supposed to be going on. Yeah, it feels like a dirty, lived-in universe, and yes. that works really well. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I'd say this is one that you'll probably not hear about much, but it's on Unlimited. Go check it out. It's pretty fun. Yeah. Like, it's not it's not world-breaking, but it's kind of a hidden gem, I think. Mm-hmm. Definitely something I had never heard of, um, so I'm, I'm glad we, we took a look at it. It's pretty cool. So, it's on the list. Let me let me compare it to another kind of hidden gem with, you know, not perfection, but a lot of fun to it. Okay. Wolverine Snicked is at 101. That's an interesting comparison. I, I think that might be a little too high in the list, though. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm looking at 115, Web of Spidey Annual 2. Okay, yeah, you're right. It's not as good as that. Is it uh... as good as Endangered Species at 132? That's an interesting comparison. I think we're in a better place there. You know, this is something around like negative zone war or, um, or even return I, of Jean gray. I like it better than X-Men slash Spider-Man at one thirty-six. I think I do too. Um, I think I like this better than Wolverine and the X-Men Hellfire saga as well. But it's not as good as right above that Kitty Pride and Wolverine, the miniseries. No, I would agree it's not. So this is our new 134? I think this is our new 134. Uh, Age of Apocalypse 1 through 4, uh, The Exterminated. Like, yeah, go check that out. It's pretty fun. <laughs> I like yeah. it. No, it's it's definitely interesting. Uh, it's a little bit weird. Like, very, very different than what we were just talking about. Yes. Uh so that does it for this list. I think we're back out of the Age of Apocalypse. Whew. Uh, but Kelly, thank you so much for uh, sending this in. It was a lot of fun. If you want to be like Kelly, you can go over and over to patreon.com slash Xavier Files, throw in money this way, uh, and make something happen. Uh, I can tell you we are edging pretty close to uh, me and friend of the show, Luz Bianca, doing a 12-episode mini-podcast called... Uh, it doesn't have a title, but it's the one where we're going to watch the X-Men anime from G4. You remember G4, the TV for gamers? <laughs> it had X-Play on it. Who oh boy. I used to watch more G4 than I should because I was 14 and had cable. That's okay. It was on. We Can you watched. believe there was a video game, like, channel? Uh, yeah. I'm kind of surprised there isn't still one. Well, that's because YouTube exists and everyone just wants to stream their Fortnites. And yeah, I guess that's true. That's I what, don't know what, that's else what Twitch is play. for. Yeah, I don't have Twitch, guys. I don't know how Twitch works. The only, only thing that... I only go on Twitch there when Jim Lee's on there. Oh, that's... Nope, Jim Lee's drawing. Jim Lee is not, you know, getting headshots. No, no, he, um, he does, like, tutorials and stuff. It's It's interesting. Right, Jim Lee shows you how to get all of the... Uh, all of the hidden gems in Crash Bandicoot 3 warped. <laughs> no. It's it's a walkthrough of that, a tutorial 
to unlock the secret warp room under the time twister. Oh, boy. <sighs> anyway, that was fun. Uh, so that's that's what Patreon is. Uh, you can also find me at XavierFiles.com. That's where we have all the latest and greatest and stuff and things, including uh, Hawkbox Talks, which is a really fun article that uh, friends of the show, Robert Secundus and uh, what's his name? Chris Edelman. I know him. We're, we're friends. Uh, <laughs> Sometimes roommates. They're doing such a great job. I I am so impressed by Hawksbox Talks. I've been looking forward to it, and I am going to wake up super early tomorrow because Hawks 2 is coming out. Uh, and then also you can find me on Twitter at Xavier Files. Adam, what's up with you? Guys, you can always follow me on Twitter at Arthur Stacy. New pages of Vish and Juve's The Crosstime Conundrum every X-Men Monday at adamreck.tumblr.com. And if you would like art in your inbox every day, uh, go to patreon.com slash adamreck. And uh, what do we got going on next week, Zach? Oh, one other thing. We have t-shirts with our logo on Oh, yeah. Yeah, on uh, Redbubble. There's going to there's gonna be a link. Well, <laughs> go go do that. They're cool. <laughs> I need to. I I I've been trying to decide which one I want. I'm going to get the baseball tee. Oh, okay. Uh, with that three quarter sleeve look. Nice. It's gonna be fly as all get out. You yeah. can also get stickers, guys. Next week, we're going on a road trip. <laughs> it's gonna be good. This has been Battle of the Atom. We hope you survived the experience. Get it.